Hey, Manny listeners, it's Justin. Just giving you a heads up that this will be part one of a two-part episode for our final installment of the Testaments Book Club podcast. Uh, so heads up on that. Next week, we'll have the final one. Also, if you've been paying attention on our Facebook page, we are doing Handmade Halloween. It is our contest for the month of October. So if you head over to our Facebook page, you can learn what you need to do to enter to get a chance to win a daily prize and be eligible for the grand prize of a poster signed by members of The Handmaid's Tale cast and creators, as well as a signed copy of script from Season 1, Episode 1 of The Handmaid's Tale, signed by showrunner, writer, and producer Bruce Miller. So without further ado, enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to our last episode of the Testaments Book Club. Not the last episode of Mayday, but last episode of Testaments Book Club uh, chat, boozy chats. Um, <laughs> although it appears that I am the only one with <laughs> I know, uh, a beer this We're time. Today. No, it's there was there was no run, there was no Justin. run out to the grocery stores today. <gasps> Justin, I know. <laughs> Scandalous. Okay. I think I need to go to the gym after this anyway. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be going to the gym. <laughs> We read the final roughly 100 pages um, of the Testaments by the great Margaret Atwood. Before we even jump into that, though, I do want to uh, make sure all our listeners know Margaret Atwood won the Booker Prize this year, 2019, for the Testaments, which was pretty incredible. I saw the shortlist. It's full of books that I have either read and can verify are great or have heard are amazing. Um, this is the second time in the Booker Prize 50-year history that they've actually awarded it to two people. Both are female authors. The other winner was British author Bernadine Evaristo, author of Girl, Woman, Other. I have not yet read this book, but I hear it's amazing. Has anybody else here read it? No. no. I have not read it, but yeah, I no. need to get it. Yeah. When it comes out, it's not coming out to, to the United States until December Yeah, it's 3rd. not coming oh, out wow. in the U.S. Really? It's already out yeah. in the U.K. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the person that I know... They read it, got a hold of it now yeah, that I think about so that. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe he's got some secret book hookup. <laughs> anyway, so that's pretty amazing. Also, she's uh, now won the Booker Prize twice. I think, I can't remember exactly, but I want to say it's less than five people have ever won it twice oh, in their lifetime. That. So that's a pretty awesome feat. The first time she won it was for The Blind Assassin. I do not recall the year, but I'm sure somebody on social media can um, edify me and put that in there in the comments. Uh, 2000. It's in the back of the book. I'm nice. <laughs> looking at it now. Nice. Shortlisted for 2003 Booker Prize. What was the 2003 shortlist for? Um, the Year of the Flood. Oh, I haven't read that one either. Great news all around about the book. So today with me I have Leah. Hello. Hello. I'm back. Yay. And Whitney. Hi, guys. Hi again. Happy to be back. And we're hoping um, Angie will be able to join us soon. And Sarah sadly could not be here. I know. We miss her. And I'm so sad not to hear her um, description slash hot take on the end of this book. So um, overall, what are your general thoughts about how this last quarter and not shocking ending went Mm -hmm. since it was shocking the first time we read this type of ending from The Handmaid's Tale, but not shocking for this one. I liked it. I, I, I kind of forgot that. I mean, I had just read The Handmaid's Tale, so I shouldn't have forgotten. But I kind of forgot about that little symposium at the end. And That's so a good sign, though, up, right? You were into yeah, the story. I was. And when it popped up, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> duh. Um, so I kind of, I'm glad they brought that back because um, one thing I liked about Handmaid's Tale was how 
at the symposium part when they looked back on the documents, you as the reader seemed to know more, like have the upper hand on the on knowledge. And so when they said something, you're like, well, I don't know about that. And it was just a nice way to feel, I don't know, strong in your understanding of the book, but also to kind of under, um, underscore what I think Atwood likes to do is, is how, when we look back on something that changes, our memories and our understanding of things change. And so it's easy to say, well, we don't really know. And it maybe wasn't that bad. And when you, but when you face atrocities like this, it's important to remember the real stories from the mm -hmm. individual people so that you don't make those mistakes again. Yeah. Um, so to me, that's kind of the same message here of they, they're kind of like, well, we don't know. And what is this weird encryption? And it's sort of like, remember these individuals because these, these bad things happen to real people. And I know that this is a fictionalized book, but of course everything in here is based on things that have actually happened in history. Mm -hmm. So I appreciated yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I really appreciate that she stands by that general rule mm -hmm. for these books, that she doesn't make up horrible right. things to happen because mm -hmm. there's really no need. Humans have done plenty of horrible oh gosh, things yeah. that we can draw upon for fictional works. Uh, what did you think, Leah? Overall thoughts? Yeah, overall I liked it. It felt, um, for me, very wrapped up in a bow at mm -hmm. the end, which sometimes I'm not a fan of, but for this particular case, I felt okay with. I felt satisfied. And, like, honestly, the whole series, The Handmaid's Tale, the show, and this book really feels wrapped up. And cheese just arrived. <laughs> Important Jeez. stuff. Minus meats and cheeses from my podcast. Important stuff. <laughs> Thank so. you. So. leftover wine, is that? Uh, how leftover is it? <laughs> is it red or white? Sure. It's red. Oh, yeah. I'll drink wine before I go to the I'm gym. with that. That sounds completely appropriate Thanks, to me. Justin. So, yeah, to me, it just really felt like a final ending to this whole yes. series, which I'm kind of, um, I don't know, I guess a little sad about. <laughs> and yeah. there's a few um, people who I wanted more about. Like, who? I wanted more June. I wanted to know yeah. what she was doing for all yes. those years in why she couldn't get to the girls. And I'm sure that, I mean, that could be a whole book in itself. Um, so I was super interested in that story. And maybe it will be a story one day. Maybe it's, this isn't tied up in a bow and there's potential to explore other stories. Well, really, I think... Can if, only hope. If we've learned anything from the show adaptation, it's that even when things seem really wrapped up and tied in a bow and, like, it seems like that character has reached what is the end of this story for them, like... There are still so many other characters to explore. That's yeah. There are still so many other things that, like, we're just left assuming because that's what the characters are assuming, but we don't actually know what happened. Um, you know, that's why right. Moira is a fascinating character in the show. Yes. She just basically had a different ending than in the book so that she could live. Mm -hmm. But it's just we, we didn't really get to explore that facet of characters in the book. So right, and I guess that's thinking about how it ended with the symposium, they could find more stories, and this could continue for forever, really, I guess. I mean, we're still digging up artifacts from, you know, hundreds of years we're ago. We're still finding, so. I mean, we, we find every 20 years or so, we find the oldest artifact there is. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, it just keeps happening. Do you think they didn't go as far into June's story because of the Hulu show and us already having something to follow? Because there is sort of that interplay between the show and the book. This was, yes, know. this was on my mind, honestly, the entire time reading this book. Just the relation between her writing this and the Hulu show. Mm -hmm. um, and some parts, honestly, to me, felt like they were very written with a movie or book in mind. Just, I don't know, like the visual aspect yeah. of it. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's a good point with June's story. 
Overall, I feel like as long as I followed my book to movie practice of thinking of them as totally different things, I really enjoyed this book. Mm-hmm. There were times sometimes in the beginning where I was like not super bought in. I was like, I don't really know about this. Mm-hmm. So far, I only really care about one of these characters. Um, and I'm not sure that I want to care about them. Like it was just a weird yeah. mix at first. Um, but as the story went on and things picked up and, you know, frankly, Daisy became a more interesting character, I started to really get into the story a lot more. And I feel like in this last quarter, like this is where it really paid off for me, mm-hmm. was much more fast paced. The yes. things that were happening were more uh, tied up in each other. Like it was much more webby. Yes, I like that And you that could too. see the relationships between one decision happening by one character here mm-hmm. affecting other characters in the same story. Right. Whereas before they were all like geographically very separated. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we were waiting for them to. Yeah. And, and their, their actions didn't have much effect on one another, which was kind of just a little plotting for me. But um, it really paid off in the end for me. I really enjoy, especially the last half of this last quarter of the book um i thought a lot of this could have felt really drawn out and unnecessary but it was moved through so quickly i was left like just wanting a little bit more kind of all the time at every stage of the journey um and that was really cool it was nice to have the last half of the book everyone was on the same timeline you know in the first half of the book it it jumped around so much and it it got so confusing time and can only do that so long before right. you're just fatigued by it. Yeah, this was the first uh, quarter of the book that we that we got to read, where we probably got less from Lydia than from the two girls. I think probably because a lot of the two girls, um, Daisy slash um, Baby Nicole, slash thank you slash Jade. Jade. Slash Jade. <laughs> She was much more interesting and had a lot more to say mm-hmm. than before, whereas before she was just basically narrating things happening to her. Mm-hmm. And her testimony was intertwined with her sisters. Yes. So they got a lot more uh, runtime in this quarter of the book, it seemed to me, which was cool. Um, but also I want to hear from Lydia a lot because she's so fascinating. Right. Yeah, her sections were so short. Yeah. So we open with Lydia, again, as is... As every quarter of this book does, apparently. (laughs) Um, We open with Lydia, and she is writing to her reader again. Um, Which, this is the first time in the book that I had presence of mind to think, like, how often does she spend, like, all this time hold up writing her secret notes? I don't know. It seems like she says so much. It must be quite some time. Um, But nobody's suspicious, I guess. People are suspicious of Jade is basically where we're starting, Right. Yes. Various people are suspicious to varying degrees and kind of think maybe she's not worth the trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, And Lydia is trying to both, you know, counsel them that, like, she just came from that crazy place, Canada. Like, of course she doesn't know what to do yet. And she swears and she has bad manners and she doesn't know how to comport herself in public. Give her a chance. Um, While it seems also trying not trying to not seem too anxious for everybody to like her. Right? I feel like the, only, the the time you know that Aunt Lydia is lying or covering something up is when she's like, it's fine. Because otherwise she's like very black and white. Like, no, you do it this way or you do it that way and that's yeah. it. And here she's like, well, let me justify this. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, everybody should Let's know Let's think that about point. all the ways yeah. in which this might be okay. <laughs> it's probably all right. And you're like, well, no. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Um, even later in this story, she... 
she starts being like, yeah, it'll, you know, it could just be this. Oh, you know, young ladies are so <clears throat> unpredictable. Who knows what they want? Mm -hmm. And you're right. Like, all throughout the previous parts of the story and her character on the show and the way Martha's are known to be in right. The Handmaid's Tale. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, she's very black and white and very this way or that way. Right. Um, and this that's... That's not the way she is when she's lying, apparently. That's a really good catch. Angie's here. Hi. Hi. Angie's Hello. here. Come on in. Sorry. Um, it's okay. We're glad you could join us. This is you. But Commander Judd knows, right, at this he, point? Yes. So okay. Commander Judd definitely knows who she is. He doesn't know anything else. But I don't think he knows. I guess he must already know that they're sisters, right? I, I don't know. think so. That seems like information he would have. I never got the impression that he knew that at all. I thought he didn't but even know he, which girl it was. Yeah, he didn't even know. Which I thought girl he just was. knew that she had found her. Gilead she was in Gilead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He I never even saw her. He never made the connection. Yeah, I remember he didn't know which girl she was. Well, he doesn't have. But it seems like later on he has more information. Theoretically, he wouldn't have any like eyes on the girls, right? Because right. he's supposed They're to stay in out. Place and he's then, not supposed to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think he, she just said. If, I might be wrong. So, readers, let me know. Um, or listeners. What are you guys? Listeners. <laughs> well, <laughs> Hopefully um, also readers in this yeah, case. Yeah, I think she just said, like, she's here. She's in Gilead. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay, what are you going to do? And she's like, just wait or something. I could be wrong. Okay, yeah, I think he knows she's Jade. But I don't Oh, where? Think I think he knows. I just think that Lydia told him at some point. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't think he knows the sister thing. Right. Okay. Makes sense. But how would he not know that? Because wouldn't he have know known who Agnes's mom was? I like, I don't know. I guess maybe I do feel what, like I, I got the impression the from their conversations in this quarter of the book that Judd did know some of that background. Yeah, I think he would. Being a commander, wouldn't you know everything? I don't think the commanders <laughs> know everything kidding, about like the bloodlines, but, but I do think yeah. Leia shared that with him. They think they know everything. Yeah, I think this was probably her. just part of like her convincing him to let her do her thing. As the ants take care of keeping track of which the bloodlines, yes, right? Like the who was bloodlines so files. Maybe. It sounds so CSI when they call them the bloodlines the blood. files. I was like, this sounds like a show. Hmm. Sounds like a show that you know grandparents sit and watch together after dinner, <laughs> and they're serialized, <laughs> and there's some like put on by nice-looking <laughs> lady detective and some handsome man detective, and they yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm making shut up. <laughs> um, I do want to mention, like, in this chapter, we see our first glimpse of uh, her friend with the S name, whom I'm sure I will butcher, uh, answering Commander Judd's door as his wife, where she's all sickly. Oh, and, she's and I sick. was just yeah. like, yeah. oh, no, because I had forgotten that he, like, again. slowly murders all Shunamite of his young wives. Yeah. Shunamite. Yes. Shunamite. Shunamite. That's how they say it in the audiobook. Yes. <laughs> Shuna is how they say it? Shunamite. Okay. Yeah. That she was sense. so excited to marry him. I know. I feel bad for her. Like, she just wants, she was excited and she just, like, wanted to be married. She and likes have a the nice status. Fancy house. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's so nice. You know, messed up priorities, but, like, that's how she was raised. And I feel bad for her. Yeah. And we anyway, didn't learn I'm what so happened glad to that her. Lydia kind of, like, brings her to the other place where. The calm and balm. Yeah. <laughs> great. <laughs> the greatly named. Call I need a calm and balm. <laughs> Station. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought it was really interesting that Judd's, Judd heard that and was like, great. 
I feel like we're on the same page yes. because he felt like that meant that she was going to just mysteriously die mm-hmm. there yes. and like he would be off the hook and free to marry again while you know Lydia didn't necessarily have that in mind for Lydia like she was taking her to Kalmanbaum and knowing that they would probably figure out what was actually wrong with her and nurse her back to health right. oh um, I thought and to escape him yeah, I think mm. I think she actually intentionally let Judd think that she was going off to die some other way. Okay. That was my impression. Yes. What did you I think? Thought, well, I thought that too. I thought that I now I can't find it, of course, but um I thought maybe she had helped other people, other wives die, like be killed for him. And and this seemed I, like it was an you know, previous that agreement seem within her oh. character. But she's because she's done a lot of dirty things, things in the name of like Saving, you know, just saving her image so that mm-hmm. she can do whatever she wants also. But now I can't find it, and so it doesn't count because I can't find it that. It doesn't count. <laughs> doesn't count. <laughs> There's no support. <laughs> doesn't count. Um, Not creating a paper. Oh, I fear she will relive. Okay, wait, wait, here we are. 349. Oh. I found it. Um, I fear she will have a relapse, I said. He sighed. I will pray for her release from suffering, he said, and I'm sure your prayers will be answered soon. We gazed each other across the desk. How soon? He could not resist resist asking soon enough. So I think he wants her dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. He wants her out of the picture. He even sounds disappointed that she's still alive. Yeah. But the gazing across the desk makes me think like, hey, we've had this conversation before. You know what I want. Can you kill her, please? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in the first chapter, when they talk about it, she makes it sound like she just doesn't want him under suspicion because she needs mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. to carry yeah, out this whole carry plan. Out her plan. Right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's a, it, yeah, that could be that she has done this in the past just to keep him in his position because he because plays, mm-hmm. they play this game together. And right. Just when Lydia he gives her power. You think it's good. She gives you reason to hate her all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like clockwork. So, then we move into our first chapter, well, section, called Bloodlines, where the two sisters are telling their stories together, which I thought was super cool. Mm-hmm. Also, I super needed Agnes to make Daisy more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we switch back and forth here. And we're hearing uh, from Daisy, I'm just going to keep calling her Daisy for... Yeah. (laughs) For speed here. Where Daisy is telling her story from within Gilead. um, Which to her is, of course, like a crazy foreign backward country. Um, And she, you know, in kind of a shticky way, like laughs at what they do Mm -hmm. internally and externally sometimes. Like Mm -hmm. not understanding, like, well, who cares? Why do it this way? Like, well, that's silly. Why don't you just do this? And, you know, I felt like it was a little... um, you know, evening television level, like yes. making fun of the of the of friend annoying. from a foreign place. It was very like making fun of bulky. It mm-hmm. was I don't know. It was odd. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, yes, I did just make a perfect strangers reference. It's a perfect reference for the situation. Oh, that is hilarious. Only old people will know what that. I'm talking about anyway. <laughs> yeah, See, Whitney, does, Whitney and Lee have no idea what I'm talking about. From that 70s show. <laughs> no, I didn't watch that, but. Um, That's a good one. Oh, it's so good. Sorry. That's Not okay. as good as Perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers. I mean, I mean sure. 
<laughs> it's late 80s, 80s early 90s. Yes, <laughs> late 80s. Yes. Um, or at least I was watching it in the late 80s. Yes. I can't okay. say it to whether or not how, lo- how long it was on before that. Yeah, that's true. But that's I was I a kid. I think that um, I did not really like that either, like you were saying. I kind of like, come on It just on felt now. a little cheap. But then I also you know, thought they just threw but her also, in. She's a teenager. Yeah, and they yeah. just threw her in here, like you said, like five minutes after they told her, hey, by the way, you're baby Nicole. And hey, you also have to go in and infiltrate Gilead and save the world. Like, I mean, yeah. we're not getting you any direct plans in. while you're there. Yeah. But here's the thing you're going to smuggle into this dangerous, scary place. Yeah. So I guess she kind of has to keep being her snooty, like, or snotty self, not snooty, snotty self. Um, and I thought yeah. she went through all this Gilead training where she learned the commands and the, you know, Bible verses in the same. Yeah. She was not Did into she that. Go no. through training for that. I maybe maybe I'm mistaken. Mm-hmm. I was really thinking her training was more like protecting herself, like physical training, um, and then oh, also like getting just prepped, Ada? which is very name? brief. Ada. Yeah. What, the, the, what's her name with the biker jacket? Ada. Ada. Ada, Ada taught her all the prayers and stuff. The things that she would need to know and mm-hmm. be adept at. Yeah, I think yeah. she probably knew. I think she was just being Ada a snarky teenager, teenager yeah. who was yeah. like, no thanks. Yeah. You guys are weird. I think well, what the previous section we read, and she said, like, this place is fucked up. Yeah. Yes. Essentially <laughs> yeah, is what. Yes. Yeah. More so than I because thought. The, because could the, be. right. the ceremony was so weird, right? right? Yeah. I mean, it really was. Like, that's what any of us would probably be thinking. Well, and there's probably no, even though she's, you know, read about it in school and she's talked about it and she's been told by these people, there's probably no way for her to really understand the level of what's going the ideology. on. Ideology. And so it is yeah. easy to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you wear that funny outfit. When well, you're like, they don't understand if I don't wear society. this. Yeah. yeah. Or she's like, no this clue. food sucks. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. People who <laughs> they have never known any yeah. different, it doesn't suck. That's just the way food is. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. I feel like this section could have been omitted. Mm. I don't think From it From where are you now? Or just in this, this bloodlines. Like, oh, that I don't think it really adds long, anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really detract either, but. Yeah. I don't know. I, when I was listening to it, yeah. I was like, okay, why do I need to know all this? Yeah. You know, it was kind of getting annoying. Um, yeah. yeah, I would agree. I don't know. I just didn't feel like it moved the plot along, mm-hmm. and nor did it give me the satisfaction I needed in the ending of this mm. book, which I know you guys okay. all covered prior to my entrance into this uh, discussion. Okay. But I didn't, I didn't feel um, like I could have done without it so much as I just felt like, like, maybe I needed a little more space for it. Because I really enjoyed the going back and forth between the two sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, like, one right after the other. Right. I think that dichotomy was really interesting. And seeing it from the two different perspectives, um, it also helped, keep, helped me keep in mind that they were different ages at this point. Because now they're on the same timeline. So they're, right. like, nine years apart in age or something like that. Yeah, which makes um, sense. Which it made a lot of sense when you were looking at, like, how they reacted to things. Um, this is a very millennial reference, but to me it was very parent trap, you know, or they... Oh, yeah. I love how that <laughs> is now a millennial reference because there's been a remake. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. We, we watched the first one. The Lindsay the Lohan version of parent trap. I have never <laughs> seen the Lindsay and Lohan Lindsay version of parent trap like, or I've very many both. things, period. Or each other's differences and then they end up in the same cabin and discover their sisters and, and it's supposed to each be other. like... Them juxtaposed against each other is the humor. You know, it reminded me of that. It was, like you said, it was a little cheap and cheesy. I feel really old. <laughs> I've seen both of them. I'm bridging the gap. Okay. <laughs> Way to bridge the gap. I me. started with the original, the original. And then I was like, what is this remake? 
Um, so Angie, yeah. do you want to back up and give us your overall thoughts since you came to us a little late? And then I got I got a special text from Sarah with like a two sentence of her overall. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like I was not as satisfied as I wanted to be with the ending of the book. Really? Part of me feels like Aunt Lydia... I, I don't feel like I understand the why behind she wanted to bring Gilead down. Like, I don't feel like that was fleshed out enough for me. I mean, I think mm. we all know why, right? Because it's mm. a terrible place. But what led her to have such an extreme shift from what we saw in The Handmaid's Tale to this, right? Yeah. And, I don't know. But is it a shift if she really felt like this all along well, and we just only saw her from a perspective where you don't know her Well, I thoughts? think we would know that if we thought that there wouldn't be a sequel to the book, then maybe we would yeah. think it wasn't, you know, maybe it I mean, okay, so here's, here's my reasoning for, like, that, like, devil's advocate argument, is, like, you know, I didn't necessarily need to know that my favorite character in a book I loved turned out to be a racist when you got to the second book. Like, I didn't need to know that. And that's something you don't find out until you get to the second book, book, which was decades later. Mm-hmm. But... You, yeah. but like, it doesn't make it not true for the first one. And the reason I'm so sad to know that now is because it kind of, it really colors my revisiting of the first one that I loved so much, and I can't read it the same again. Mm-hmm. Whereas it, this is not a situation where, like, I'm, like, heartbroken over what used to be one of my favorite books anymore. So one of my favorite books was To Kill a Mockingbird. It is not anymore because I cannot read it without knowing that Atticus Finch uh, turns out to be a racist person, which made me very, very sad. Ghost at a Watchman was written 30-ish years after the original. Yeah, it was relatively recent. Yeah. So for listeners who were not familiar with what I was talking about, that was Atticus Finch, protagonist of... Well, I guess you could argue whether or not he was the protagonist of To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, And then there was a sequel put out much, much later after the original book, uh, decades later. um, And you find out that that character, uh, at least in this sequel slash maybe not a sequel, uh, is racist, which really, really relates to what went on in To Kill a Mockingbird. If you have not read To Kill a Mockingbird, and this is all news to you, Definitely go read To Kill a Mockingbird. (laughs) Definitely do not read the recent Mm -hmm. sequel. It will ruin it. To Kill a Mockingbird is a beautiful piece of work. You should totally read it if nobody made you read it growing up. Um, The sequel, just just don't. Don't read a synopsis. Don't read the book. You'll just be sad. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway... Long story long, um, that's kind of how I am thinking about, like, this great revelation that Lydia actually is all about the downfall of Gilead. And intended it from the beginning. Yeah, like, maybe it was always that way, and it was just because we weren't hearing her thoughts directly from her. I'm really just playing devil's advocate here. Like, I don't subscribe to one way or the other. I'm just interested to hear your thoughts. I don't, that's, I mean, my feeling is that. I still feel like I needed more. Really? I needed to know the why. Yeah. I just feel like she was so, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Just uh, a terrible human. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just, I, you know, I I still feel like she's a terrible human. (laughs) Well, yes. But does she get off the hook really easily? Does she come out smelling like roses? I said to Rhea, and Rhea's like, you you may not like the ending of the book. (laughs) I just feel like there's still a, a hole for me. I need to know yeah. the why. But that's just me as a reader. Like, is it still a beautifully written text? 
Absolutely. I mean, the things that Atwood does with words, come on. Yeah. I mean, right. you, totally. you can definitely get sucked into this. Yeah. Um, I just don't see it having the um, the reach that The Handmaid's Tale does right. with mm-hmm. readers or like the legacy maybe of The Handmaid's Tale. Just about mm-hmm. how, uh, as a dystopia, like, right. wow. Yeah. A dystopia that's eerily, you know, coming yeah. to reality which is scary but true right (laughs) yeah Um, yeah. that makes sense so that's kind of where I'm at with my overall feeling okay I do tell people they need to read it all your thoughts are valid yeah (laughs) thank you we honor that yeah I think people should read the book for sure but Mm -hmm. I do feel like some there's a level of disappointment I have Mm -hmm. well I I think there's a level of disappointment too just because you want the story to keep going like you don't want you don't want it to end like you just yeah because because there's the legacy of The Handmaid's Tale, and because there's the show, and there's right. this book, like, there was this sense when I ended it, I was like, but wait, like, mm-hmm. I want more, even though there's not really, I mean, I do want to know about Aunt Lydia, too, but I'm also comfortable not knowing. Not knowing. Um, mm-hmm. But I but I just wanted more, like, when you finish yeah. a good book, and you're just like, yeah. if I read it again, will it be the same? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was be. exactly the same as when I finished The Handmaid's Tale, and I was mm-hmm. like, what? That's yeah. it? Yeah. you yeah. got to give me more. I felt, like, yeah. very gypped. Out of more story. But I love the beautiful moment between, like, June and the and the sisters and all of that. And when you listen to that, it's yeah. really just... It was pretty Yeah. yeah. I was they reading, both got listening. to see their fathers, there obviously. There are parts you know. that you guys have made sound so um, appealing from the audiobook. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I could just find, like, a, just a, you know... Everybody's cuts of like their best, their best moment parts, in the audiobook. Yeah. I would totally listen to that, even though I, mean, I, hate I, I, I shed a tear reading or listening to that part and then going back and rereading. Like, I don't know, it yeah. just felt like, yeah, that happened good. Like, yeah. it better happen. Yeah. I mean, if we're going through all this, which yeah. we knew it would, right? Right. That goes back to the predictability, which yes. we talked about previously. Yeah. I really so, enjoyed throughout for the audiobook, Agnes's. Like mm, her, yeah, Agnes, right? Oh, for sure. I keep thinking Hannah, Agnes. I don't know. <laughs> what yeah, are the all names? Of her parts were beautiful. Those are really interesting. So She's my quick, favorite character. Get, I do want to read Sarah's two sentence hot take on the last quarter of the book slash book as a whole. She said it was satisfying for sure, but I'm not sure that my expectations were where they should be. There's just oh. no comparing to Handmaid's Tale. It was a good sequel, and I'm glad she wrote it. And the Lydia twist was amazing, which I wholeheartedly agree with that last bit. I think the revelation of Lydia as who she is in this book was Mm -hmm. perfect. It was really good for me. I didn't feel like I needed a lot more because I felt like after reading how she came to be in this world and alive at this point, that was enough. So um, how did you guys feel about going, like bouncing back and forth between um, Agnes and Daisy Nicole Jade? In what section? Um, in kind the of heart chapter one, or well, kind of all over. That is the section like right after Lydia's first, though. So I haven't actually looked at this part of the book because I only listened to it, and previously oh. I've like reviewed the text beforehand, and this mm-hmm. time I didn't. <laughs> I just listened, um, and so now I'm like having a hard time knowing who's speaking. How do you tell? Is it the breaks, the line breaks? Yeah. So there are chapters within each section and each chapter when it's the girls is titled uh, transcript of witness testimony, three, six, nine, a or three, six, nine B and a right. is Agnes. She's the older one. Right. Oh, right. And B okay. Is Daisy Nicole Jade. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like, with, <laughs> well, I knew that, but I didn't know. I didn't know if it was like within 
And okay, never mind. I get it. I got it now. It was before up. now. It was before. Yeah, okay. So this is the first time that they yeah. they're in the same section. They're going okay. back and forth. Okay. And you can yeah. usually because I was listening to half the audiobook too, and you can usually I noticed they put something in the first or second sentence usually to give you a little hint. A hint. And I okay. Think she did that if you're listening. Yeah, but like you can, know that. the context clues are pretty strong in the first paragraphs as right. to which one is. Like talking. I was feeling sorry that I punched on that. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I cracked <laughs> up when I. I was I like, no, not very either. sorry. I yeah. love that. I'm <laughs> 360. She deserved it. That was awesome. It reminded me of that moment when you were a little kid when you did something really thrilling, but your heart was like pounding because <laughs> you knew, like, I really enjoyed that, but I know I shouldn't. I like, have, ooh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that satisfaction in that moment. I was like, yeah, I'd punch her too. <laughs> yeah, and then her next chapter, she was like, well, I kind of feel sorry. I hope she's still <laughs> sorry, kicking. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> yeah. So typical, typical teenager. Right, right. Yeah. You know, I know that uh, Margaret Atwood's getting a lot of criticism about not picking up that teenage voice very well, like, or not being able oh. to, like, tap how, into how that. How old is Margaret Atwood now? I know. I mean, I feel and so like. so I think it's like, fine. It's probably oh, yeah. harder and I think than people, people say think that. to tap into a teenager's voice if you don't have, like, a teenager at home. Yes. And right? I, and being around teenagers all the time, I'm like, I think she does a bang-up job. That's kind of what they fine. do. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, she does fine I do too, but having read like, you know, reviews after the fact, because I yeah. stayed away from them prior to this. I haven't read the reviews. I haven't read any um, reviews. Well, I went yeah. back yeah. and listened to the NPR uh, segment on the review mm-hmm. of the text. Who and was, was the like, reviewer? Oh, oh, I don't do remember. remember. I'd have to Google it, but. Was it worth listening to? Yeah, I okay. think it was pretty, it was well done. But anyway, one of the things that. It was mentioned was the teenage voice, and I'm like, oh, I disagree with that. I think yeah. she does a really fine job of managing that. I think it's okay. I like, I do think she could have maybe amped it up a little bit. Like when she has dialogue, it's fine. But when she's like, again, this is the issue I have with the transcript because, because it's not really looking her, back. Yeah, is it really a transcript? So then I, I get stuck on that. I know I've yeah. said that a couple times. I just can't let it go. <laughs> yeah, I. On that note, we talked about this, touched on this a little bit before. Like, mm-hmm. is it really a transcript? Is it something else? Because yeah. like we're seeing it from the society of the historical society, mm-hmm. the society of right. Galadian studies. Like, mm-hmm. who knows what it really was? But given the context clues that we do know, that like they both made it back to Canada, they found their right. mother, mm-hmm. and then there was this huge to do which led to the downfall of Gilead it does make sense to me that it would be like witness testimony essentially that they would be telling their story for effectively like a deposition Mm -hmm. makes complete sense to me with the clues that we have so I was kind of taking it at face value that way yeah that like this is really them like telling what happened to them in order to facilitate whatever is happening at that time but in your mind did that happen right when they got into Canada or did that happen five or ten years later in between. So, like, okay. in, in my mind, so at like least, totally made up in my mind. No, like, right. It's right. not right when they get back. Um, it's especially considering, close, especially considering how um, stepped back and mm-hmm. looking at it as a different time, It Agnes seems, Agnes doesn't, you know, she's still saying, like, I didn't understand. Like, this didn't right. make sense to me. This is not how things were done. Um, but it, she does seem very like stepped back from it, like almost a third party perspective, which makes me think it's not immediate because how would she be able to think of it that way if it was immediate? But in, on page 39, the very first thing that Daisy says, yeah, names, uh, says they say I will always have the scar, but I'm almost better. So yes, I think I'm strong enough to do this now. Isn't that from her tattoo? So this is oh. relatively soon after 
Oh, that's interesting. But the scar isn't from the tattoo. It's from the, like, cutting into the scarification and getting a horrible infection that almost killed her. Yeah, but I guess, but I'm almost better. So I think I'm strong enough to do this now. Doesn't that mean it's yeah, pretty relatively it soon so after trying? Like, she's almost better, better as in she's where almost to healthy again. again. She's almost healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it means healthy again, yeah, that would be already soon. I don't think it's years, maybe. but in between. But not, like, the next day. No, yeah. definitely not the next day. Yeah. Interesting. And when you get to the 13th symposium, don't they like start to question, like, we don't really know if this is the reality. This is all oh, we yeah, can put they together. Did that in Handmaid's Tale, yeah. too, though. They yeah. were like, we assumed, and like, we had to assume the order of this information because Which, it was tapes like strewn around the bottom when, of a footlocker. Yeah. When we study you know? the story, too. It is. Right. Totally. That's what yeah. we do. And we so, jump to a lot of conclusions. Conclusions, not really knowing the truth. and Right. And I guess like a healthy study of history is to say, and we don't know this, and we don't know this, and here's some holes right. that could exist. Yeah. Like, even if you don't really think they exist, you have to acknowledge that they could. Right. So, I'm sorry. I've done a really bad job keeping us on track this time because there is so <laughs> much I wanted, I wanted to comment doing, yeah, on. Yeah, we're fine. And then it's we the end. Stick so to your character. <laughs> well, I think so much of it bleeds together, right? Because mm-hmm. yes. you're getting to the, yes. to the end and figuring mm-hmm. out. Yeah. So, is there, do you guys have more to say resolution. specifically on Aunt Lydia? Did anybody think at all during this section that she might not be the good person after all? Uh, no, that it might all be an evil plot. Was yeah. very, very questioning. In the I, last yeah, section. I still questioned it up until the end, honestly. Really? Yeah. She didn't convince you, huh? I, yeah, I don't Even know. Even with all of the, like, bending over backward to lie about where they went. I just didn't and, trust like, her. Oh, no, I'm sure Becca is just, you know, on a walk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess, no pun intended, that's a testament to her, um, <laughs> the way that Atwood has crafted that character. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she is supposed to be questionable the whole way yeah, through. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And unpredictable. And Yeah. I and do... it wouldn't be surprising if she was like, actually... I want to be the commander, you know, and right. took over. You'd be like, okay, I'll follow you. But isn't she sort of the commander? Yeah. I mean, Ooh, and that's... that makes me think of my big fat Greek wedding. The, um... Oh, the, the oh, neck and the head. The neck and the head, head. yeah. So yeah. for any uh, listeners who don't know what we're talking that. about, there is a hilarious uh, romantic comedy, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, from, I don't know, like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Does that sound about right? That's probably right. Um, sure. And the mother uh, character in this Mm -hmm. movie is describing to her daughter, who is about to get married, um, although not totally ignorant of the world, though it kind of seems like her mother thinks she might be, Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, the men, the men have the power. They make the decision. They are the head of the family. (laughs) And they are the head of the family. But the woman, the wife, she is the neck. (laughs) She turns the head and controls it in the direction she wants. (laughs) Um, which yes. I can't do justice to, of course, yes. here, but uh, it's pretty great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good that. Saturday afternoon watch. <laughs> I would agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had all these scenarios in my head, like I kept thinking coming out evil. Yes, like I kept thinking, okay, what if they get to Canada and somehow, you know, Baby Nicole gets captured and yeah, Lydia trap. Is this whole play that like Lydia brought Baby Nicole back to Gilead and? You know, she throws oh, Commander yeah. Jed under the bus. Like, Ooh. I just all, all these scenarios Like, maybe she set it up so that yes. she would look more heroic? Yes. Oh, man. That would be really devious. That would be. But I wouldn't Because I think her. I was like you, where 
I was like, she can't get off this easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and by no means do I think it was like, what she didn't do wasn't something that was obviously a huge risk, right? We know that. She, she says, which again, another allusion to mice and men, the best laid plans often oh, go yes, awry. Yes, yes. Um, and I could be planning this and think about it. We know that she's been planning this for years. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing too. It's not just, it's like a overnight plan. I mean, this is something that mm-hmm. she really has been thoughtful about and calculated. She's a cat. Um, it's not, that's not something I take lightly in the, you know, development mm-hmm. of her character. But, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that uh, kind of as, as Leo was saying, but I felt kind of the opposite way about it, um, Lydia went to a lot of trouble to arrange things exactly how she wanted and, like, yeah, calculate execute right. each layer of this plan, which was kind of incredible. And I was highly impressed by it the whole time. Um, I did, like, suspend my disbelief a little bit more and take it as, as Lydia's face value. I know how stupid that sounds now that I'm saying it out loud. But I did essentially trust <laughs> that, um, that she had good final intentions mm-hmm. here, you know, as, as good as she could feel about them, given everything that she has done yeah. leading us up to this point. Um, I don't think that's stupid, though, because we do get her quiet, private thoughts. Like, we yeah. get her writing, and yeah. so... Yeah, it does, like, looking back, know, like, that was kind way. of a naive thing to think. No. <laughs> that she just definitely wasn't lying to us, the readers. Yeah, um, that's true. She could be. One really important takeaway I had from Lydia in this section of the book was, man, if I am doing something wrong, the person I want to stay behind and cover for me is for sure Aunt Lydia. Mm-hmm. For sure. Those spontaneous lies were amazing, mm-hmm. and she came up with them so quick, and they all made sense, and people yeah. believed her, and were like, you're so right. I am not I good at like, that. man, <laughs> that is the person that I need yeah. to cover for me if I'm ever going to do something <laughs> super bad. <laughs> but I think it's because over time she built that. Oh, yeah. And oh, commanded well, that, and she's you know, from that attention a genius from coming into this. Right. I mean, she was clearly a super smart, educated person to yeah. have come out of the childhood she had and reach the levels of law and society that mm-hmm. she had before it came crashing down in the Gilead takeover. Right. I think it's clear that she is just, you know, head and shoulders above the average person. Any, right. Commander. Yes. Comes any, any commander theologically driven. 